tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to the second episode of our bonus coverage of the Scarlet and Violet series. This is our spoiler cast. If you want spoiler-free, re-listen to episode one or listen to it in the first place. I'm your host, Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Hey, Kyle. How you doing? Have you changed since the last 10 minutes since we finished recording episode one of this or no? Uh, No. Okay, good. What did you even check there? Was that your uh, it was watch? A watch that I don't have on my thing on my <laughs> wrist to see how much time it actually passed. <laughs> All right. Well, great. I'm I'm glad to hear it. Uh, so in the first episode, we talked about uh, basically overview stuff and a handful of Pokemon, and uh, it was supposed to be relatively spoiler free, and and was so. In episode two, we're going to talk about everything freely. Um, but more specifically, we're going to talk about specific gyms, the Titans in particular, the Team Star experience, how Area Zero was, some narrative reveals, anything along the way that makes sense. We're not going to belabor too, too much. So if you're like, oh, it's going to ruin my experience, it might. But if a little bit's not going to hurt you, here you go. But just fair warning. <laughs> so, uh, Kyle, what are we starting with? You want to start with um, uh, the, the gyms? How about that? All right. So for the gyms, it was the traditional eight gyms, eight badges. Uh, Going to go through just the the eight leaders real quick because only a couple of them are actually worth lingering on. I think. Sh- should I just yell when you get over my favorite one, or what should I do? <laughs> no, save all comments for the end. Okay. Uh, this is in the order of levels. I want to be specific because you can do them in any order if you really want to. I don't think there's any restriction or any inaccessibility to any of the gyms. You just, if you show up to gym number seven, after two hours of playing, they're going to be level 48 and you're going to be like, this is not a good idea. Yep. But you can do it. You got Katie, who's a bug type. Oh boy. Woo! Brassius, the grass gym leader. Iono, electric. Kofu, water. Larry. Normal. Yeah. <laughs> Rhyme. Ghost. Tulip was psychic. And Grusha was ice. Now, we're no stranger to challenges in Pokemon. Usually a gym has something you have to overcome in order to fight the leader. Most of the time, it's been a minor puzzle. It's it's kind of been or hit or miss quiz. on whether they've been difficult. Yeah. They went and did a little bit different with this one. I thought it was really fun. Well, okay. Some of it was fun. Some of it was not. Mm, I, I think even the ones that weren't fun were so ridiculous that I was like still smiling. But I was like, ah, oh, this is bad. But I'm uh, having a good time. Mm, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. So first up, okay. Bug Jim, you you played soccer with an inflatable olive. And it was giant. <laughs> it was like it was like a 10 foot tall olive. You walked into it. It got kicked. It was I was incredible. like, oh, this is actually pretty cute. I like it. You can also be mounted when you do that, by the yep, way, which yep. I didn't know. And I saw I a friend. You did. Oh, of course you did. You're I smarter did than I am. I was like running around like a dummy. I saw my friend mount up and he ran into it so hard and so fast. He actually kicked it over one of the fences and into the goal. Oh, and yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, my God. I, why did this so backwards? <laughs> uh, on that note, though, it's a missed opportunity because there was no obstacles, really. Like, yeah, it, it kind of yeah. just felt like I was walking through the maze. Air quotes maze. It was just a zigzag path. 
felt like a tech demo. Almost. Yeah, it was like, this is neat. You could have done more with this. But that's kind of a shame. Then for Brassius, you had gather the sun flora. It was basically like hide and seek. You had to go find some flora. Then they ran around with you. I think you had to catch 10. Yeah, you had to gather 10, but there were more than 10. So yeah, they were they were all around the town. So you had to run around the entire town, interact with them, and then they'd start running after you. This is one of the major graphical errors in the entire game that people <laughs> point out because the sun flora run behind you at maybe two frames per second. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's very funny. A lot man, of is it bad. Yeah, it's it's pretty yeah, not not so great on the frames. I I do gotta say though, one thing I appreciate this challenge is the fact that there are I think there's like eighteen or twenty of them. And so when I was going through this game, and so were some of, several of my friends, Kyle, he went a different route than I did. Somebody that I was talking to talked about a hedge maze. I didn't even get to a hedge yeah. maze. <laughs> I was right. going around the town, like talking to a bunch of different things and chasing them. And, you know, I was like, oh, by the way, you're going to have to mount up to, to catch these really fast ones that are running around. And was it you that was like, oh, yeah. I did it without I, mounting? I was they were like, I was like yeah. none of them ran away from me. What are you talking yeah. about? And, and now so, I'm wondering if they were bugged or if. I just no, got lucky. I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I, I think it really was just different experiences, and that's great. I think that's awesome that we all had a different little experience for the same event. Good design. Next up, there's Iono's with Where's Waldo, where basically you were given like the streamer girl setup, and she introduced you, and you're like, find Clavel, who was actually not named Clavel at the time. <laughs> no. Very entertaining. I don't remember what they called him for that that task but i think no i think it was clavel or oh wait no no no, no. it was no. um the the mr walkabout or something like that oh okay yeah and so that was fun it was very easy but it was very cute and i thought it worked very well and if you didn't get from the way that clavel was speaking from the writing to begin with that there are many times when he's not a serious character this challenge really <laughs> sent it really home drives it home yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh he's great just yeah. <laughs> so good yeah. Then for Kofu, there's some auctions in town and you basically have to bid to win. I don't even remember what you win, honestly. I couldn't find the info when I was filling this out. Thought, wasn't it like ingredients he needed or something like that? Yeah. I it was it forgettable enough that it's not it's not really relevant except yeah. it introduces it introduces you to the auction system that is relevant later in the game. We don't really need to talk about it, but yeah. That's how you get the fancy balls and also stuff to evolve some Pokemon and stuff like that. And some deals like that. And um, uh, one thing in particular, I do want to call out the, the Rotom uh, guide or manuals in there. The one that lets yep. you. Yeah. Rotom the manual. The, uh, the Sinistee chips to yes. evolve are also in there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. important to revisit that. Next up is Larry. Yes. The fan favorite. He's Head my up. favorite. <laughs> it's a fan favorite. Come He's on. everybody's favorite. <laughs> It's a food challenge. You had to pick the correct ingredients and cooking method for a signature dish in order to challenge the leader. And in order to do that, you could either guess and brute force your way if you're a weirdo, or if you go around the town, there's a bunch of people who will battle you. And then after you battle them, they will give you a hint as to the step. But it's not even that easy sometimes you have to imply some of the hints and find yeah. those people to battle us from other hints or riddles yep yeah and it's like there was a talking there was a the bird pokemon the parrot whose name i'm squawkabilly right now squawkabilly was standing on someone's shoulder and talking about something being mild and you're like yeah oh yeah. oh yeah. i need that that's what i need right uh-huh. 
Yeah. It took me a, it took me a hot minute to figure that one out. But the the key for that for other people, if you're still stuck on this for some reason and, and have not cheated, which good on you, um, you're better than a handful of other people that I know. <laughs> uh, the the text boxes will be orange when they're important. They have mm-hmm. an outline. So the squawkability doesn't say he says a bunch of different stuff. And then when it comes to the thing that you need from it, the text box is orange. Yeah. Larry's battle. Larry's challenge is definitely the, the best one. It's, it's difficult. It's one. Made me think like for real. And yeah. I appreciated that. And I thought finding the the hints was actually somewhat difficult, like finding who mm-hmm. I needed to talk to in town. It yeah. felt like. I was presented a challenge of some kind. It felt like a, a classic JRPG quest. Yeah. Like, oh, here, this is a little obfuscated, but everything you need to solve it is here. So go figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next, we have Rhyme, and it was music themed. And the whole point was you were hyping up the crowd. You just did like three battles, and then you fought. Those are the there. double battles, though, right? Yeah. Wait. Yeah. No. Yes. No. <laughs> no. I look, I don't remember. Look, it's so forgettable. I don't MC actually. MC Dave. <laughs> Next is Tulip, and you played Simon Says, but like the worst game of Simon Says known to mankind, and you couldn't fail. Like you you could do oh. the wrong thing, and you would still pass. Really? Yeah. Is it bugged? I don't know. I watched I watched Steve from a super effective do it on like day five of release or whatever. Yeah. And he deliberately did the wrong input over and over again because he thought it was funny. <laughs> And he, he just passed. He didn't even Great. get an opportunity to fail. Great. Love it. I just thought I did it right. <laughs> I mean, you probably did. It was really easy. It was Maybe. really easy. It's a shame because Simon Says can be fun. When done in video games, there's been several that I've really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. This just wasn't one of them because it was like four inputs and you had like 10 seconds per input. Yeah. There was a Simon Says mini game for a daily quest in world of warcraft in burning crusade that i played every day and i got really good at it which one was it uh god i don't it was in the the isle of killed in us no it was a the blade spire uh oh okay yeah and i can't remember look anyways it was very entertaining it was when you had to transform into the ogre in order to accept the quests and you stand oh there a machine and, and blades buttons. edge and you had to go yes. in the cave okay yeah and so Simon says it's fun. This was not, in my opinion. Yeah. And then Grisha, Grusha, you had like a skiing challenge where you had to slide down the scope, the slope. And I was like, this is neat. This is neat. This could have been more, but it was a, it was a good idea, which is yeah, how I felt a, about a lot of these. I just think. a little overworld gimmick, pretty similar to the olive soccer where it's like, oh yeah, this yeah. is fun. Okay. Yeah. It's a shame that it wasn't used like to introduce more mechanics to the game. Mm-hmm. that's a very JRPG thing to do. Do this gym, and now parts of this world have skiing in it, and you do, and you'll get money for doing it. I don't know. Yeah, that would have been something. cool. There are plenty of other mountains, too. Like That would have been yeah. very possible. Yeah. All right, that's all of the gyms taken care of. Any thoughts before I have one more thing to say, Chris? Larry's the best gym leader. Very relatable. Uh, they finally made a gym leader that doesn't have an interesting type. That is very, very interesting themselves without trying too hard, I think. Yeah. Larry is fantastic. He's a bored businessman who literally tells you he's forced there because the boss told him to. Right. And he has to go back to his other job, which we find out later. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, we don't actually have it in here, but yeah, at the end of the gym challenge, he's one of the elite four as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We don't. So, the, yeah. Not, not going to lie. There's not really that much to, to touch on for the elite four. No, the elite four is a little. Uh, I liked seeing Larry come back. I'm like, oh, Larry, what up, dude? You know, he's yeah. like, hey, the, I'm here. And you're like, oh, the gym leader thing is your second job. Your real job is being on the elite four. Like, OK. Yeah. <laughs> and one thing I want to say is as true to tradition, every one of the gym leaders terrestrializes their ace. And only one of them makes any strategic use of it and it was very disappointing mm-hmm. for example they show it in the trailer brassius sends out a pseudo and if you're like me and you have a fue coco who is who is now evolved to whatever the second stage was right now i can't remember it it's kind of forgettable unfortunately crocolore yeah crocolore you're like oh no it's rock type run away <laughs> wait you know it's going to terrestrialize to grass and you're like, but you just got rid of your advantage. It's very strange. Yeah. Yeah. But Iono sends out a mischievous that terrestrializes to Electro Magius, right? Oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't Miss Magius. It was, yeah. it was evolution. But it sends out a Miss Magius and terrestrializes it to Electric type and it has Levitate. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have a weakness. Like, what? That's an actual strategy. Yeah. <laughs> Why couldn't yeah. every one of them done something like this? I wonder Anything if it was by like accident. <laughs> I'm, it's not it's not because okay most of the trainers that have multiple pokemon do have a strategy you just tend to beat them before they get to use it right that's true because it's always one shot or lose for most players and i just i thought it was really cool when brassy sent out a pseudo until i remembered it's just going to terrestrialize truly like, not, not cool and that's it. It was. It's a good. I think terrestrializing is a really good mechanic. I think it is much better than Dynamax personally. And I was excited to see it used more, but I shouldn't have had those expectations. I realized that. I think terrestrializing is fantastic. I'm gonna have to agree with you. Just mechanic wise, it, it adds another level to uh, what was arguably for people that don't know what they're talking about. The rock, paper, scissors problem that Pokemon has sort of had in the past. It kind of like buries it under another layer of that and therefore makes it infinitely that much more interesting. Yeah, I agree. Yep. And then uh, so I think we could probably talk about the Titans next. That would make the, the most sense. And this is actually kind of an interesting conversation because while we're going to talk about the Titans, this conversation is also a lot about Arvin. Um, you know, through through the gym system, Nimona is the character that you're running into and battling along the way, but she doesn't have like a lot of character progression per se. She's just like, hurry up and get better so that I can get better too, because you're the only person that's ever given me a lot of trouble in battling, etc. That doesn't really change throughout that entire experience. That the same cannot be said, arguably for the other two, but but I think more so for the the path of Titans. Uh, where we're working with Arvin, who, like we said in episode one, Kyle and I both had a very poor first impression of Arvin to begin with. And I'm just going to say it now. At the end, I loved Arvin. I thought Arvin was wonderful. Agreed. Arvin is Arvin was great. Yep. One yep. of my favorite characters, for sure. Second so the, favorite, probably. Really? Second favorite? To who? Yeah. Clive. Okay. Yeah, fair enough, dude. That's fair enough. Clive is great. <laughs> so we'll talk about Clive in, in the next segment here. But uh, for the Titans, this can also be done in the, any order that you really wanted to. 
Um, but this is listed in, in level order. Kyle's organized this in level order for us. Uh, but here's the big thing is that when you beat these Titans, they give you an upgrade for your traversal. So they give you the ability to jump higher, to glide, to swim, to climb, stuff like that. It's great. So the first one up is cloth and it's a, it's a big version of cloth. It's hanging on the side of a rock. It skitters around the other side. And then you have to beat it with Arvin in a double battle. And that's true of all of these, uh, all of these battles. So it, it's kind of like a private sort of like terror raid experience, but it's not. Yeah. You don't get to catch the Pokemon at the end. They just sort of shrink and go away. Yeah, but <laughs> you can come back and rechallenge them. You absolutely can, but I kind of wanted to then. catch them like, uh, like not like Titan Pokemon. What are they called? Uh, alpha Pokemon? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you go back and challenge them and catch them, they do have a special Titan mark. Oh, you can catch them later. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're back in the original spot you encountered them in. You get oh. one extra battle and then they're gone, I think. Something oh, like that. I'll have to do that. I will have yeah. to do that. Hmm. So, yeah, Cloth's the first one. And then basically at the end of these, you get introduced to each of the five different types of Urban Mystica. Yes, the, the HM Urban Mystica, get it? Haha, <laughs> you get the traversal <laughs> stuff. It's, it's very cute. Uh, uh, and, and so you get these Urban Mystica, and Arvin's also like a very talented cook. And so every single time <laughs> you get a new one, he's like, oh, give me that. I'm going to make a sandwich. And so he makes these sandwiches, he makes a couple, and each of you are about to like chow into them. And every single time your legendary mount pops out of its Pokeball, it's like, yeah, what you going to do with that sandwich? <laughs> Can I have some of that sandwich? <laughs> and you inevitably share it with your riding Pokemon. And then Arvin, who's like frustrated about it, gives half of his sandwich also to his his partner Pokemon, which is a Mabostiff, uh, who is not doing well. So as we go through these encounters, Arvin feeds more and more different types of Urbamisticas who are fabled to have curative properties or enhance the power of a Pokemon, unlock them or whatever to help try to cure his Mabostiff. That's the story. That's great. And we, we don't actually get to that point of him really telling us that Mabostiff is like dying until like the third, the third one. Yeah. Yeah. Second one's the reveal. Third one's like, oh, he's doing bad. Yeah. And it's like, Real whoa, we're, we're going here. What? Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's no there's no voice acting in this game, but it definitely made me tear up. Anybody who's ever had an ill pet will probably cry during this this yeah. segment at some point in time but you start off with cloth and there's bombardier at the top of a mountain you get you get gliding from it that's kind of fun there's like a little mini game when you have to like run up and dodge some boulders on the way up it's a good time um orthworm is like whack-a-mole there's a big orthworm that pops up you have to run to the different sorts of uh, holes that pops out of and, and talk to it and make it run away and then depending on which version you get the fourth one is either iron treads or great tusk and those are both paradox versions of Donphan, essentially. And so you'll do that experience and beat them. And then the last one is actually a, a twofer. It's a twofer. It's on the middle of the lake and you uh, encounter a Tatsugiri that's rather large. A Dundozo pops up, eats it. You have to like beat the Dundozo and then to beat the Dundozo again. And then the Tatsugiri after that. So it's three battles in a row, essentially. And then you're done. Fully powered up bike. All this good stuff. That was a real brief overview, and I don't want to not do any of this justice. So, Kyle, I want to ask you, are there any of these in particular that you really wanted to talk about? Or do you feel like one was better than the other ones? Was one significantly worse than the others? And then we can talk about Arvin a little bit. I think that they're all just 
good. Like it's just a solid baseline of really good because it gave an experience that really didn't exist until this last year in Pokemon. True. The first time you see something like it was in Legends Arceus with the. I can't remember the name of them right now. Oh, my God. Paradox Pokemon. No, the. Oh, Alpha the, Pokemon. The, no, not the Alpha Pokemon. The uh, the enraged ones that you have to fight for the five bosses. Um, Totems. <laughs> no, not Totems. No. Noble. Noble. It was the, the noble nobles. Pokemon. That took us both an embarrassingly long time to figure <laughs> out. We both had to look it up. <laughs> Anyways. But even then, this is the first like true boss battle we have in Pokemon, which is kind of weird. You get to fight one super powered Pokemon and figure it out. And I think that's really cool because it lets strategies shine where you can be a weaker team of Pokemon, but because you have a good strategy, you can still beat the Titan. And that's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah, I think the Titan experience is pretty good. As somebody that really loved the boss fighting of the Noble Pokemon, uh, despite not being able to remember that they were named Noble Pokemon for a hot minute, uh, I really enjoyed that boss battle sort of encounter in Arceus. It was one of the things I heralded as a big benefit of that game. It was cool. as a neat iteration on Pokemon encounters, right? And I think that the Titans, while not necessarily full of all the reasons I enjoyed Arceus's big boss battles, like, you know, raid mechanics and dodging and doing all that good stuff. I think this still felt like a special sort of like big Pokemon fight, like that boss battle, like you're describing enough that it like felt good. Also, like doing it in two phases, it runs away, it, you know, knocks out a wall. And then afterwards, you know, you're going to have a good narrative payoff by the third one, like it's good. So let's talk yeah. really, really quickly about Arvin and Mavostiff. That character turned around at number three for me. Number two, I was like, okay, you're doing something nice for another Pokemon. Here's a hint, but you're still a jerk. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't until three and he started opening up to us, us being the main character that I was like, okay, I'm going to probably take all of this back. And then by four and five, I was done. <laughs> yeah. Like, First, you don't know. He just seems like he's kind of greedy in for it himself. And then there's like a a slight shadowy, ooh, something is happening when your character walked away. But we get to see it because we're the player. Yeah. Turns out, you know, it's his dying dog. And I'm like, wow, that's a low blow game freak. But yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Yeah. We didn't mention this, but Arvin's father or mother parent, so to speak, is whatever uh, professor you have in your game, too. Yeah. And this professor, like, is not around, doesn't spend time with Arvin, right? And gives basically this legendary Pokemon to Arvin, and then Arvin, like, loses it, kind of. Yeah. And yeah. and they talk, you know, Arvin's story goes into the neglect that he felt as a kid, too, yeah. as well as the relationship he has with Mabosif. And it's like, dang. It's not, like, a complex story, but it's, it's good, and it, it hits. It definitely hits. It does. Like I said, it made me cry a little bit. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, obviously, because all spoilers here, the dog doesn't die. But even though this was a Pokemon game, for four of the HMs, I was convinced the dog was not going to recover. And I was oh, like, yeah. are they really going to do this? There's no way they do this. Can we talk about the fake out too, where they like, oh, you thought the dog passed away and then the dog barks and you're like, oh, the dog's not dead. The dog's just taking a deep breath. I was like, oh no, how dare they? I thought they were. It's game. I know. I thought they were going to, but uh, I mean, there's another death we can get to later, but that would have been unacceptable. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the Path of Titans. All right. The Team Star, the the Starfall Street experience. Let's talk about those, Kyle. All right. So the very first thing before we talk about the Team Star leaders is you're introduced to a new character. Air quotes there. New character. <laughs> Name is Clive. It looks uh, suspiciously like Clavel, but with a modern hairdo. Yeah. And there's constant references to, oh, maybe it's maybe I'm somebody you don't know. And oh, no, my name is Clive. And it's it's just it's very funny. It's very (laughs) cheesy and it's good. It's in the same vein as Kukui and the masked wrestler. I can't remember the masked guy's name, but yes. Yeah. And except we actually get a reveal that Clive is Clavel and they never do that in in sun and moon. So for all we know, Kukui has a, a twin brother. That's the masked wrestler. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> also with an incident where, uh, huh. Yeah, exactly. Uh, huh. <laughs> Anyways, on the team star, we have, and I apologize if I mess up this name in particular, Giacomo, Mela, Atticus, Ortega, Erie. And then the, the big reveal at the end is Penny is, is the big boss the one they're all reporting to, although they don't realize they're reporting to, which is mm-hmm. Cassiopeia. Oh God, it's so weird. Yeah, you get introduced. <laughs> you get given this challenge from a mysterious voice on your phone named Cassiopeia, and that's all you get. It's just like, oh, thank you for doing this. Now go do that. Right, like, exactly. Well, oh, okay. they give you some LP. You, you paid me. Thank you. I guess. Yeah, I guess I'm a mercenary. Exactly. Uh huh. Essentially, go go beat up these kids. Yeah. <laughs> And to no surprise, they they showed what Team Star was from the start in that one trailer. You go to the base, you knock out 30 Pokemon, you fight the leader. The leader has a souped up car. The car is a Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Every leader has a car. The car is the leader's type. So Mela's is fire, but Giacomo is dark. That Giacomo was dark. I yeah. believe that's right. Yeah. Atticus is poison. Ortega was fairy and Erie was fighting. And let me tell you first real quick before we get to the story. The cars were difficult for me to fight. I know there were ways around it. I just couldn't do it. Yeah, I got caught up on at least three of them. That I had to be like, okay, maybe I'll come back or really change my team, you know? Bella, Ortega, and Erie all just wrecked me. I don't even know. I had to change my team minimum of three Pokemon for each of those. Mm. The big one for me was Atticus. That one was tough. Uh, And uh, Aerie. I think I I one-shot the Atticus, but again, it was just the typing. Like, yeah, Aerie, I got there and found out, oh. I actually don't have a single counter to fighting on my team. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Let alone a fighting car. Yeah. Oh, the cars were so strong, though. <laughs> They're so cool, though. That fight was so neat. Yeah, the fight, the the cars were mini bosses in the vein that the Titans were. They had their own separate health bar. They had souped up stats, so they weren't standard Pokemon stats. They almost always went first. It was almost impossible to go first against one without a priority move, at least. Mm-hmm. And... Some of them had good mechanics that built off each other, like Mela's car had speed boost, so it, it kept getting faster and did damage based on its speed. 
Some weren't so good, like Atticus laid down spikes, toxic spikes, every time it got hit. It was enough for me. <laughs> it's a real big bummer. <laughs> but talk about the story real quick. You find out after beating up Team Star that Team Star, you find out piece by piece, was formed because they were getting bullied. They didn't feel like they belonged anywhere else. They found each other. Penny kind of is alluded that gathered them all up together and they all used their individual expertise to make their own place. Oh, they're, they're also all from the same school you are. Yeah, they are. They are all yeah. students, although apparently they haven't gone to class in like a year. And I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> okay, you're not students anymore, but yeah. And your, your whole, your whole task is to get them to come back to school basically. Yeah, it, it is. But it's like, you don't know that at first you, you think yeah. you're just taking down a bunch of ruffians and then yeah. like, Penny, who's Cassiopeia, is the one like, oh, it was my plan to to break their spirits and be able to come <laughs> back to school. <laughs> and you you find out that they decided to go rogue because they stood up to their bullies and the bullies left. So it turned out that they were the bullies after all. Yeah. And they knew nobody would ever believe them. And so they just peaced out and took their own pieces of land in the, That's right. in the area yeah. of Caldea. Yeah, they just built enormous tent cities in several yeah. areas of the continent. And Chris and I have talked about this uh, individually, but the story just really hit home with the bullying for me personally. You know, I certainly wasn't the most popular kid in, in grade school and high school, and you just, you can you can feel the relatability with each of the the characters with a slightly lesser extent of Ortega, but I, I, I didn't experience the, their problems, but uh, they're, yeah. they're all bullied for different reasons, which is what makes it very compelling and relatable. Yeah. The one I actually felt the least amount of um, the, the least amount of empathy for was Atticus. Cause Atticus just refuses to speak normally. Um, <laughs> that's really kind of it. Yeah, yeah. But Ortega is <laughs> just wealthy. Yeah. He's I know. Cause he's wealthy and I'm like, okay, yes, you're right. But like, give it 10 years, you're going to get over that. <laughs> like, I guess, but but they were dealing with the trauma that they had now and how yes. their reactions just, were ruining their lives, you know? Yeah, it just, it just wasn't relatable. It didn't, I, it was still good. I yeah. enjoyed it. It was a very compelling story for me, but it was a very frustrating one from the outside because you don't really see a, a purpose to Team Star being jerks. Like you, you find out why they were jerks, but like, why are you jerks now? Yeah. Why were the two random grunts picking on Penny at the start of the game? Doesn't make any sense. Like you have just become the bullies and that's kind of the problem. Yeah. I think that's kind of like what they were, they were dealing with is that they have attracted all these other people that had been bullied or whatever that became these grunts. And that one of the reasons that Cassiopeia tasks you with taking them down is that they're all bound by honor. That if they're beaten in a battle, they have to step down, right? Yeah. And so or Cassiopeia slash Penny slash Big Boss is like, I'll just find somebody that's strong enough to do that and just knock them all out to save them, right? So, like, I guess it kind of makes a little bit of sense. The two that are bullying Penny at the beginning doesn't make a lot of sense unless there's implied context there that on second playthrough I, I could understand, but I don't think there is. Yeah, I don't think either. I think, I think they had a good story they were telling i just think there was probably a little more they could have done with it overall some yeah. more hints and stuff about talking about why they're bullied or showing that they're actually standing up for themselves 
once you look at it with subtext or something like that, I think there was something there that could have been a little bit better. But it was still good. Like, don't get me wrong. I still liked it. And at the very end, once you've beaten the members, you have to go fight Cassiopeia. And the game does a great, obvious, but very funny double switch where you show up to fight Cassiopeia and Clive is like, it was me, Clavel. (laughs) Actually, I'm Cassiopeia. I used pre-recorded messages because I was always there when I heard your messages. Mm -hmm. And then you beat him, which is a, it was a decent fight. And he's like, nah, it wasn't me, but I needed to make sure you were ready to fight. (laughs) It's a ridiculous ridiculous character. Show back Uh, up in the morning and do it again. It's show show back up at night in the backyard and do it again. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 And then Penny just has all Eevees. Yep. All evolutions. (sighs) Yeah. It was a little underwhelming, but it was also very cool that, that she was like, I don't know, it was really representing Penny as this sort of like, uh, I'm not so sure, but I'm confident about myself sort of thing. I just, you know, it was very frustrating because of all the times to have like an EV theme trainer, which is fine. It's a cute theme overall. You don't use that opportunity to introduce a new one in your generation. I know. It I know. feels like that could have been something they could have even used to build a story with DLC, Talk- please. Yeah, but like just, I don't know, Penny had an Eevee growing up, but none of the other evolutions stood out to her. And this other one, unique to this region, is the one that stood out the most and has been through everything with her and stuff like that. You know, those mm-hmm. those tropes and stuff. That's all. The The ending, lackluster, but the story oh. was good. I think I think uh, Clive showing up and doing the reveal to Penny and Penny being actually like what <laughs> Clavel was the best like the one person that got got was the mastermind by the really yeah. dumb ploy. Also, my favorite one of my favorite lines in the entire game. One of them, I should say, because there are so many is um, I have a lot of feelings about that wig. It's a good <laughs> one. Yeah. But let's bring it all together here for the conclusion event or portion, kind of like the fourth path you you kind of really have to take. Uh, this is area zero. And after you do a couple of things, you find out the professor is like, oh, I need your help. Like, come to the creator in the middle of the entire map that everybody tells you to not go to because it's real dangerous. I need you to do just that. All right. Cool. So you and Arvin and Nimona and Penny all go together and have this really cute animation where you jump off of a giant cliff on the back of your Pokemon and you all almost die. Um, No, you're fine. And you land in the bottom of this crater and some awesome music starts playing. And there's like a bunch of tears and like rotating spirals. And there's two layers of clouds and it's really, really cool. Um, so as you work your way down, there's uh, you have to activate some labs and unlock some locks on the main lab in the bottom it, of the crater. In order, it's worth to- mentioning you're doing all of this at the behest of the professor. The professor oh, has yeah. sent you on this journey. They called Arvin, their son. They're like, "Hey, I need your help. Can't do this. I'm locked out." And so you're like, all right, let's go do this. And then you're yep. kind of led along with breadcrumbs by the professor and voicemails. But like the messages you're getting kind of had some strange subtext to it. And you're like, hey, wait, what's going on? Type yeah, of thing. Yeah, they're very here. strange. 
And then Arvin's like, no, I couldn't be. Could it? It wouldn't be. Blah, blah, blah. Like generic mm-hmm. foreshadowing. And the characters all have like these really great conversations along the way. Like you get some pretty good character building from the other three as you're all working your way down. But also as you're working your way down, uh, you start running into some of the cool past future versions of Pokemon called Paradox Pokemon, depending on which version you have. My first introduce, uh, my first introduction was Iron Bundle, which is the futuristic Deli Bird. Yep. Uh, and then you see a couple of other ones, not very many, but you see a couple of other ones on your way to the final lab. Did you have any experiences that were worth like really talking about? Any wows or ahas prior to entering the final lab? No, I went through Area Zero as fast as I could because the frame rate and the graphics of that area was problematic and actually like giving me a headache oh really okay yeah like the the they have like the sparkling effect that goes everywhere and everything is really really bright yeah it is and like it's not for me i would i will spend as little time in area zero as i possibly can oh so you're not going to be shiny hunting in a paradox pokemon is what you're saying uh, not likely but okay. <laughs> maybe if some of them are really good we'll talk about that in just a second once we talk about the final battle i think yeah for sure so you enter the last final lab you have to fight a copy of your legendary pokemon and you realize that the reason that your legendary pokemon was so hurt at the beginning uh, is because it lost a territory battle with the other me or co-ridon that also came through the time machine that the professor was building that you learned at this point in time only two of those got through but other pokemon are starting to leak through so that's why it's a problem so you encounter this other one and then this is how you unlock the battle form for your um, legendary Pokemon. You have like a little tussle. It's a kind of a bummer. And then you go into the final lab where you encounter the professor air quotes. You quickly find out that I don't want to ruin all of this, but I'm about to ruin all of it. You quickly find out that the professor is dead and that the professor that you're seeing is an AI replacement that the original professor <laughs> created in order to help said professor. And this professor, the AI professor, is aware enough and is filled. It's programmed with the will of the original professor. That's what they say. That's how they explain it. I love the whole soul sidestep. So you don't have to be like, oh, is it a real person? They say programmed with their will. It's very interesting. Um, But, you know, they explained, oh, yeah, this is a problem. This time machine. Here's a bunch of context. Here's what happened there. But those Pokemon are leaking out. It's causing all sorts of issues. It could destroy the ecology. We should probably shut it down. And I need you to shut it down. So could you do that? But when you do that, some code (laughs) that the professor set up is going to make me like attack you with like everything I got. And I'm like pretty smart because I'm a robot. (laughs) Yeah. Is this a fair summary? That's kind of how it went. Yeah. (laughs) It's uh. It's the most anime that Pokemon has ever been. Oh, my God. Yeah. And that's really hard to say when it's had an anime that has run for 20 years. But but let me say, after this, cue the coolest Pokemon battle I've ever had in a Pokemon game. It's so good. Like, the crystals start taking over the professor's body, and then it's like a giant pillar shoots the professor into the air where they look down on you from like 50 or 75 mm-hmm. feet for the entire battle. Yep. And then they just like casually throw master balls down at you uh-huh. to release their Pokemon. And it's like the most 
intimidating a Pokemon battle has ever been. Whether it was difficult or not, it was it was great. So more than that, though, too, is that not only are they just casual Master Balls, but right above them is like this Helix time machine thing that's active and opening. And the the Master Balls that are falling into the Professor Hand are like literally just, just caught Pokemon that they ripped from time that they just finished catching. The first animation of the Master Ball falling into their hands is still like doing the wiggles and then clicks and then they look up with the ball in their hand. I'm like, what's happening? And then you throw them out and you haven't seen like probably four out of the six of these paradox Pokemon yet. You see maybe one or two. And unless you caught them and really looked at their typing, you're not really that prepared because sometimes the typing are similar and sometimes they're pretty different than the ones they're based on. And wow, I, I can't believe they did that. Yeah, <laughs> really it was can. a great fight. It was a great way to introduce all of the paradox Pokemon. The paradox Gallade really kicked my butt. Oh, yeah. Uh, was not expecting it. I was like, what type is this Pokemon? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It's hitting so hard. It's not a stab move. It's also just just really good Pokemon, generally yeah. speaking. Yeah. And so that was that was a very entertaining end to, to that whole thing for sure. Yeah. And I don't want to I don't want to belabor it too much because uh, we just talked about because we just talked about all like the details and stuff like that. But suffice to say that it, Kyle and I loved it to death and like I said, it was my favorite battle I've ever done ever in a Pokemon game. Awesome. The music was fantastic, too. Yeah, the music, the music was good. The music but, was good. But before we move on to like our conclusion with this whole thing, let's talk about the Paradox Pokemon really quick. Um, which Paradox Pokemon stood out to you the most? I'm going to pull up a full list while you're talking about the one that you like. Um, this is going to sound funny, but I'm going to say Iron Bundle. <laughs> what? Why? That is funny. What's literally? That's not even the last thing. It's the negative last thing. I would I would have expected you to say Iron Bundle doesn't count. No, I think Iron Bundle is the best one that is like a fully realized improvement of it over the other ones. Okay. All of the other ones just feel like, at least for the violet ones, feel like robots of their original form. But it, I don't know why it just it fits with Iron Bundle more than iron thorns for tyranitar for example yeah iron thorns is a weird one it does look, look like fan art i love it but it looks like fan art and i just i don't care for any of the past ones i think their designs are i i think slitherwing is the best of the past ones i think uh i might agree with you let me let me read you the list there's great tusk which is the dawn fan the scream tail which is a jigglypuff brute bonnet which is a Mungus. Fluttermane, Mischievous, Slitherwing, which is Volcarona, Sandy Shocks, which is Magneton, Roaring Moon, which is based off of Mega Salamence, and Coridon, which is based off of Cyclozar. We're not going to count Coridon and Miridon because they're pretty yeah. stinking good. But yeah, out of all of those, you think that Slitherwing is the one that's, that stands out to you in the ancient Pokemon paradox? Yeah. Okay. I gotta, I gotta give a shout out. This isn't my favorite, but Screamtail's design is incredible. Really? Okay. <laughs> and Sandy Shocks is cool because of like little iron filaments. But Roaring Moon, I think, takes the cake for me uh, as far as ancient paradox Pokemon are concerned. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very cool. I like the way that it sits. It's neat. Fair enough. All right. For future paradox Pokemon, we got Iron Treads based on Donphan, Iron Bundle based on Delibird, Iron Hands based on Hariyama. Iron Jugulus, based off of Hydreigon. Iron Moth, based off of Volcarona. Iron Thorns, off of Tyranitar. 
Iron Valiant off of both Mega Gardevoir and Mega Gallade. It has elements of both. And Miraidon off of Cyclozar, obviously. What about which one of those? I, I, I still think it's Iron Bundle for me. Yeah, Iron Bundle. Yeah, like, it's not my favorite, like, Pokemon of it, but I think of the future Pokemon that it's doing, it just, it feels right. I think Iron Treads is a close second because it just, it's such a natural progression, I think, from, oh, from Don Fan. I love Iron Hands, man. Give me that Rayman energy any day of the week. Uh, it's just, okay. So my biggest issue with the Paradox Pokemon is all of the future ones just are robots. Yeah, but they changed typing and stuff too. Yeah, I mean, yes, that's fine, but I would expect that. But I would expect them to have also changed design as they changed into robots. Well, There's no reason that they would be did. the exact same Pokemon. But yeah, yeah. I mean, Iron Jugulus is probably the, the one that is most uh, guilty of not looking all that different, even though I think it does look great. Iron Moth is one that looks just like Volcarona, but I think it's fine. Yeah, I, I think Iron Moth is the exception to this works as a mech. Yeah, Iron Thorns, I feel like, looks like uh, in a Tyranitar that's wearing a costume. Yeah, it's not good. It there's There were ways to do mecha, tyra- mecha Godzilla, and this was not it. Yeah, that is completely fair. Iron Valiant is beautiful, though. Big, big fan. Yeah. Really, really good. But okay. All right. So that's it for Area Zero as as far as our conversation is concerned anyway. But let's talk about some conclusive thoughts here. So what were your overall feelings with with your experience with this game? Front to back. I know we kind of talked about did it meet our expectations in our first episode. But when everything was said and done, when credits rolled and you heard Ed Sheeran, how did you feel about the game? I think if we don't count Legends Arceus, this is the most fun that I've had with a Pokemon game since X and Y. Wow. Which is a long time. And I know X and Y was kind of controversial amongst people, but it was it was just so enjoyable. Just existing in the world of this game was fun. And you can't really say that about most other Pokemon games. I think the world is a tool to deliver the Pokemon and the battles. But in this one, it, it felt enjoyable to be in the world. And that's my biggest takeaway. And that's the biggest thing I like about the game in general. Yeah, I think I'm actually going to have to mostly echo you on that one. I I really enjoyed the open world aspect of it. I think they kind of nailed it more so than Arceus did because Arceus had regions instead of being a fully open world game. Now, I think that that probably lent to its ability to be a much better performing game. Um, That's that's true. And less Pokemon diversity in Arceus. But I enjoyed how it kind of rolled out and worked in Scarlet and Violet felt very good. The other thing I want to say is that some of the design decisions, especially for the new Pokemon in this generation, are really satisfying. I don't have nearly as many Pokemon that I think eh, that's sort of a miss for me as I have had in other generations. Most of the Pokemon in this generation that are new, I like. Yeah, I mean, of the what, probably like. 80 Pokemon that were added. I, I didn't really I thought count, it was a hundred. Wasn't it? Was it a hundred even something like that? Yeah. I mean, probably maybe 10%. I didn't like, which, you know, that's only that's 10 or that's less. That's great Pokemon. for you. That's like an a plus man. Yeah. It's, it's a big deal. It's, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's a big deal. I, I loved the Pokemon in this generation and best names of Pokemon we've ever had. Oh yeah. I this... think across the board, <sighs> every single name was just, fantastic they they they're so good 
They are really, really mouse hold. I didn't realize until someone explained that it was a pun on household. Yeah, dude. I was like, I'm so dumb. <laughs> and then I'm like, it's so good. I mean, but there are also some fun ones. Like, there's a lot of play on Spanish words. Like, flamigo is really, really good. Yeah. Um, crocolore is very, very good. I mean, fue coco, obviously. But, but crocolore is fantastic. There's, there's just so many good examples. So many good examples. We could literally record another episode just fawning over some of these Pokemon. Yeah, the, the Pokemon. <laughs> I just, I can't get over the names. Even if I didn't like the Pokemon. I probably like the name. Yeah, fair enough. So, yeah, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but how do you think this title stacks up to the other main series games titles? You said most fun since Arceus, but, you know, in the world of the top three of main series game Pokemon games, where does it fall for you? If even in the top three. If we want to talk about main series, do you want do you include Arceus in that? Yeah, I think so. I think this is probably number three. I think this okay. is my third best Pokemon game and experience that I've had. Okay. What's your number one? I number one is still Gen 3, Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald. They're all just they're all kind of together. Okay. And number two is Legends Arceus. Fair enough. That's fair enough. I think this is number one for me. And despite all of its problems uh, in Sword and Shield, which also had a lot of problems too, not so many of the people that are important to me in my life picked it up. But Scarlet and Violet, darn near everybody picked it up. And that means a lot to me personally. So, uh, you know, it's also just a really good game. I really don't have a lot of complaints otherwise, other than the performance ones we outlined. But I think number two is Arceus. Previously, my favorite Pokemon game prior to this because it felt real like a full sort of environment sort of game and scarlet and violet kind of uh took that idea and brought it to what sword and shield was and i really appreciate that a lot but what about favorite gen 9 pokemon let's just call out let's call out three three of your favorite it doesn't have to be in any order like from your favorite to your second favorite to your third favorite just three that you really like because it's going to be hard for us to not just talk about starters as like our favorites and stuff like that so just right off the bat, let's just disqualify them and let's just fast up to which starter we picked. I picked Sprigatito and Kyle, you started with Fue Coco. Okay. We can't put those on our list. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Hang on. I only have two. I need to think of a third. We'll one. go. We'll go one and one and one and one and one and one. How about that? Okay. All right. Why don't you start us off? Uh, then my first one is Cerulege. I knew it as soon as I saw it. It's amazing. It's a ghost. So, of course, I like it. But. It's just, it's so good. I love it. Yeah. Hard to argue. Uh, I'm going to go with Iron Hands. Iron Hands has grown on me so stinking much. I love Iron Hands. And it's a great raid Pokemon. Yep. Yes, it is. Toad's Cool slash Toad's Cruel. Oh, man. Yeah, dude. (laughs) This, I don't know. Some people may look at it and think it's dumb. I used one for my entire playthrough. It was on my team from the second gym. I love this Pokemon. When I saw the leaks and like, oh, they're doing another divergent of tentacle. That's interesting. And then you see that the tentacles are feet. It's feet, man. Completely changes the perspective of the Pokemon. Yep. And I was like, I love this so much because of it. (laughs) 
it's really great. If you haven't seen it animated running around, you need to. You absolutely need to. Yep. Uh, I think my second one is Annihilate. Okay. Yes. Oh, such so a good, good Pokemon. Yeah. So I may preserve this, and I'm so happy for it. Yeah. Can we just talk about the Pokedex entry really quickly, where it says that it's it's a primate that got so angry that it died. Yeah. Yes, it is. Great. That's Beautiful. Perfect. Chef's kiss. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. This is a hard one for me to say now because I, I talked a lot of trash earlier. Gold Dango. Oh, really? Has no grown way. Out a lot. Wow. I changed your mind. I don't know. I I mean, the fact that it's it's really good helps <laughs> helps way into that. Sure. But I don't know. Like this, the hair is still kind of a problem to me. But I don't. Just overall, it's it's good, and I really like Gimme Ghoul a lot. Yeah. So I yeah. want like I I forced myself to like the evolution basically. Uh, I think Goldango definitely got me to like Gimme Ghoul a little bit more, and I loved Gimme Ghoul to begin with. But like the surfboard and everything, oh, so so good, good as gold. If you put Steel Beam on it and you're using Nasty Plot, it's an incredible raid Pokemon. It's just great. It's just really really great. And I, yeah. I mentioned Rory Moon earlier, so I'm going to not mention Rory Moon now. <laughs> I'm going to go with my man, Claude Sire, who was on my team for a hot minute. Oh, my gosh. I love Claude mm. Sire. How could you not? Look at that face. Yeah. All right. I think that's that's three and three there. That is three and three. Yeah. Right. That is exactly what we said we were going to do, and we, we done did it, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Any last pros and cons? I feel like we already did this. I have this on the list, but I feel like we kind of already went out of our way and did pros and cons. But let's just say uh, if you were to give an elevator pitch to somebody that was like, hey, should I buy Scarlet and Violet? Uh, you would say. Uh, well, this is, this is a terrible lead up for me because I have I have two things to add before I'm going to give okay. that elevator pitch. All right. One positive, one negative, one positive. We haven't mentioned. It's just it's so good. The. The sprites that they've done for this generation oh, yeah. are fantastic. Some of the best I've ever seen. And you only see them in your bag and when you go to the Pokemon Center. Yep. But they've got it's like thick, outlined, bold colors. If this was a 2D game with those as sprites, it would be beautiful. Yep. Dream come true. And yeah. like the fact that we just we have that art there for use in the future for everything, I love it so much. Love it a lot. Very Ma- major positive for such a small thing that you see in the game. Speaking of small things that you see in the game, I think this generation overall has the worst shinies of any generation. I think it is a collection of really, really bad ones with a couple of great ones here or there. Like Sea Titan is fantastic. Yeah, Sea Titan is great. And Cerulege might be in the running for worst in all 1,020 Pokemon that we have. Yeah, I would agree with that. For, for those who don't know, lo- look it up when you get a chance. If you haven't, just just go through some of the shinies for the generation. Cerulege and Amaru's change eye color. So instead of purple eyes, it has red eyes, and that's it. Uh, we didn't talk about it, but the pseudo legendary Frigibax and its evolution Backscalibur, its claws change color slightly from like a dark pink ish to a light pink. Yep. And this that's basically the whole decks and it it bothers me a lot. <laughs> but that Pokemon is so cool. 
It Excalibur is, it is cool. great. I love it. I don't really care for its first evolution. I like the other two just fine. Yeah. The first evolution is kind of weird. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. Okay. So give what, what's your elevator pitch for somebody just real quick. Hey, should I buy Scarlet and Violet? You look like you like Pokemon, which I don't know how you take that from somebody out in public, but um, wh- I'd probably look Scarlet down at, Violet? I'd probably look down at my shirt that sure. <laughs> has a Pokemon logo on it and be like, what was your first guess? You have a uh, Pokemon go open with the music on and a, and a ghost <laughs> boss in your hand. <laughs> Battery pack leading to my bag. There you but, go. Elevator pitch for Pokemon, huh? Uh, the open world of this game is amazing and it is actually a great overall experience. If you like open world games, this is Pokemon at its best, but it's still Pokemon. Nothing has changed and nothing's going to change. It still has all the positives and negatives in a new environment, but the new environment is really, really good. And that's that's the best thing I can say for somebody who is thinking about trying to sell to somebody. Yeah, I think my answer would be simply like uh, if if you want to play a great modern Pokemon game that is doing new things, Scarlet and Violet is a fantastic pickup. Yeah, I one one more thing for somebody. Maybe you're on the edge. You're not looking to grind end game. You just want an experience and you haven't played Pokemon in five games. This is the game to get. Don't yeah. get Sword and Shield. I don't care that it has more DLC and stuff like that. Don't get Legends Arceus. It's a different experience. Get Scarlet and Violet. It's the best experience you can have of Pokemon currently. And I, I didn't agree. feel that way when Sword and Shield came out. So this is not just like recency bias for me. Yeah, Sword and Shield definitely had a, a harder go out the gate. And, and rightfully so uh, in a yeah. lot of ways. But yeah. Thank goodness people are really looking through some difficult things to look through and seeing the the gold that's underneath the muck in Scarlet and Violet. Yep. All right. I think that concludes our, our conversation here on the Scarlet and Violet uh, games for both the episodes. We hope that you enjoyed this two-part bonus um, series, mini-series, I suppose. And I guess we'll see you in the next one. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.